the best minds in wrestling today, and you damn well know it by now. We know more than Google, always have, always will. New show, bigger, better, badder, brother. Twice as famous, twice as rich. 2.0, here we go. Start the damn show already. What's up, everybody? It's me. It's me. It's the JAT Double B. As always, I'm here with my co host, Superstar James Starring, the guy that makes the ladies scream until they cream. The legendary creaming, <laughs> Jamie Jam Garvin. What's up, man? Just hanging and banging, uh, working from home today. That's, uh, Amazing, actually, considering how hard you work and how much you travel, and um, yeah, there's there's a blizzard just destroying the town right now. So, and we have the freezing rain, and then within the last five minutes, there's always like there's already like three inches of snow. So, you ain't out there uh, plowing? Nah, I will be though. Soon as as we're done with this, I'll get out and. uh, Salt, salt the city, basically, because nobody shovels their sidewalks or anything like that. So I have to get out there and do that. Hell yeah! Uh, what kind of beer are we drinking on this blizzard day? Uh, actually, not drinking any beer. I'm drinking a a tea. Uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing one of them. I'm getting ready for the gym. Basically, starting to hit the gym again. Doing one of them uh, real cleanses. Uh, so here we go. Jamie wants to be exactly like Buck. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Jamie's getting ready for Joel moving here, who's going to murder him and make him go to the gym a lot and get in shape. Are you and Joel going to be living together? Yeah. Well, speaking as someone who used to live with Joel, good fucking luck. <laughs> Nah, he just he's gonna he's just coming out. He's gonna stay with me until he finds a place. But anyway, just got a gym membership. I uh, got to get back into. Uh, I'm already in better shape than all you listening, but I need to get back into real shape. Um, so, yeah, it's hilarious to me that you say I need to get back into shape because I've known you for like 25 years and I've never seen you in shape. <laughs> but. Uh, that's good, man. I hope it works out. I'd like to see you ripped up when we go to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I don't. If I get that, you know, if I get into back into ring form, I don't know if I'll be able to go to Vegas because we'll just be swarmed uh, with me and you there. Yeah, you won't be able to do shit without people asking for you to take your shirt off, and I'll just basically be inside pussy the entire time, <laughs> just living in it. Yeah, just making my way. Yeah, that's good. Let this be a lesson to our listeners that if Jamie can get in shape, you all need to get in shape and start uh, eating your vegetables and drinking your shakes. Training, saying your prayers, and taking your vitamins. Yeah, what, what, uh, what kind of stuff are you eating besides that tea? Oh, eating? Yeah. What's your uh, diet? So I cooked up, I did some meal prepping. Uh, cooked up a bunch of chicken. Uh, 
eat eating some uh, fresh peppers, uh, some brown rice, and uh, that's just my dinner for the week. And then uh, some fruit. That's about it. Yeah, breakfast. Breakfast. I'm doing my tea, my uh, shake, and my uh, some sort of. I don't know what the fuck this bullshit is. Some sort of prune juice. For lunch, I just do my shake, and then I eat some eat some of these nuts for a snack. Yeah, that's about it. So it's all about dropping a little bit of that water weight, and then uh, hauling ass. Yeah, I can't imagine the water weight you have, but yeah, Joel told me to do it, so I'm either going to get cancer, and. Uh, I guess get a big pop on Raw, or I'll be fine. I'll get in immaculate shape. Yeah. I think it's good, man. A lot of people always like think I don't want the best for you because I always call you a fat piece of shit and stuff. But obviously, <laughs> obviously that works because all this motivation I've been giving you for years, you're finally getting in shape. <laughs> yeah, it's solely because of uh, it's solely because of you know our interaction. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, it's worked finally. I know I can't get to the the neck size, but uh, you know I've got you on on the other sizes of appendages. Doubtful. <laughs> um, what do you do? It sounds like you're you're asphyxiating right now. You're like you're jerking off of the trash bag over your head. No, I wish. Why does it sound like that? I don't know. It just sounds hilarious. Are you just working out while you're? I guess you're working out while you're in the. Yes, that's fair. Yeah, I gotta work out twenty four seven. Now yeah. my mic, my mic was messed up. I kept hearing it rattle, so I had to like tighten it down. Uh, but fair I don't enough. Know. All right, enough about how muscular and badass we are. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, we have a lot of news to cover. We're gonna pay some sponsorship because I found out I just lost a thousand dollars. <laughs> so, how, get, uh, how did that happen? <laughs> well, the, the story goes uh, if you don't know me real well, I'm not the best at paying attention at what's going on around me. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I ever have been. But um, basically, a guy has been taking ten to fifteen dollars from my bank account since October. And I just now noticed. So, I mean, honestly, I have about I have much. over ninety charges, over about probably equaling around eleven hundred dollars, and I didn't notice for months. Okay, so they took like a thousandth of, of money in one of your bank accounts. Exactly. That's so how do you and, how are you supposed to notice? It's not even really your fault. Yeah, because it's like I I just told Rachel, I was like, listen, when I have when you have this much money. Losing a thousand dollars doesn't mean shit. No, it's like drop. It's like dropping a nickel on the ground. Yeah, and then being like, "Oh, it rolled under the vending machine." Oh well, you know, I'm not getting that. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah. So I mean, I guess if it was like, if if all of a sudden you would have been missing two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you would have probably noticed. Yeah, that might have that might have woke me up, but I mean, I would I still would have ate. I still would have made it through the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you still would have made it to double or nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good reason to pay these bills and do the sponsorship ad, I guess. 
Yeah, it is. First story of the day we want to talk about, obviously, uh, Fastlane. The last pay-per-view before WrestleMania was on Sunday. I I didn't watch it. Jamie, I'm assuming you didn't watch it. Uh, um, no, yeah, no, I, I missed out on uh, Fastlane. I've actually managed to watch zero Fastlanes. I hate Fastlane. It is one of the worst pay-per-views. I mean, obviously, WWE is real bad right now, but usually it's a bad pay-per-view because it's like, between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, no one really gives a shit. No, I usually, when Fastlane's on, I usually watch old Sunday Night Heats. That we start on? Yeah, because that's way better than than Fastlane. Yeah, but um, I did read an in-depth report on it, and... um, I mean, even for WWE, this fast lane was just fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay, so we're, we're not going to – oh, shit, I just dropped my mic. We're not going to cover everything, but um, obviously Andrade and Mysterio were supposed to have a one-on-one match, and then for some reason during the pre-show, Carmelo was out front of the stadium like trying to get people to sign this petition for R-Truth to get a rematch which doesn't make any sense. And then Samoa Joe walks up and signs it and then says he'll just face R-Truth, Andrade, and Rey Mysterio tonight. And then Samoa Joe has that kind of power, so all of a sudden it's just a four-way match. Like, immediately, the announcers are like, and that match is on the main show. Wow. Yeah, so... So the crowd went wild, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they just... Pay-per-view numbers went up. Who has more power right now, Samoa Joe or, or Fit Finley? <laughs> I mean, everyone just has power to do whatever the fuck they want. But so yeah, that was interesting. And then um, Shane turned on Miz after their match. Shane again. I mean, we've discussed it before, but he just—he's gonna die in the ring. Yeah. I saw a couple of videos of his match against the Usos, and he just looks like he's seconds away from a heart attack at all times. Yeah, I mean, he's how old is he, 50? Yeah, he's close to 50, I think. He's got to be, because Vince is fucking in his 70s. Yeah, I think he's like, I want to say like 48, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But, yeah, so he, they lost to the Usos, and then Shane beat the shit out of the Miz in front of the Miz's dad. Obviously setting up a WrestleMania match. With Shane and Miz's dad? I wish. That would be, would you rather see Shane and Miz's dad or Shane versus Kane? I'd rather see Shane and Miz's dad. Miz's dad is actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> um, but I just don't know how I feel. So Shane's 49, I just looked it up. <clears throat> um, I don't know how I feel about Shane versus Miz at WrestleMania. But, I mean, Miz can carry him. He's he's top three guy in the company. So, yeah, but man, Shane's uh, he's just so weird. At this forty nine years old, he can barely move. Yeah, he can, still wears. Can, his... can Miz work with somebody? Like, I mean, Miz is awesome at what he does, but I don't know about Miz's work rate. Right? If he can carry somebody like that, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be a short match, but yeah, the biggest thing about that match is, I mean, what Miz has that a lot of people don't is he. He has the ability to tell a story without ever having to throw a punch. 
Yeah. Like he can do tons of stuff in that match that'll put Shane over, help sell Shane, and, and you know, without without Shane having to do a lot of work. So it'll be a lot of acting, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so also, and maybe one of the weirdest things I've ever seen on a WWE pay-per-view. So the New Day's hanging out. This was on the pre-show, I believe. The New Day's hanging out. Someone comes up and goes, hey, Vince wants to talk to you. So Kofi goes, okay. So then they have all these matches. New Day wrestles Nakamura and Rusev in a nothing match. They have this mismatch. Then it goes to the back. Kofi's just standing outside of Vince's office. Oh, he's been waiting that whole time? Yeah, for like an hour. That's. I mean, Vince is a busy man. And so Xavier Woods goes, what's up, man? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just waiting. And they're like, fuck that. And they just walk in, which Kofi should have done an hour ago. And then Vince goes, oh, I've been waiting on you. That's the first thing he says. (laughs) He goes, you know, I've been thinking about it. You do deserve a championship match. I'm adding you to the championship match tonight, and that match is next. So New Day's all excited. Kofi goes to the ring. The ring announcer goes, this isn't a WWE championship match. It's a handicap match, and the bar comes out and literally just beat the shit out of Kofi and then pin Kofi. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's hilarious, but, like, what is the point of that? The, I think the point is to, like, make everybody mad and to tease everybody with Kofi, and then they'll finally give Kofi his match, and the, the crowd will go wild. It's that Daniel Bryan moment. Yeah, they try, they're trying to copy the Daniel Bryan thing, but... Oh man, it's just it's so fucking stupid. And then on SmackDown, he freaking Vince McMahon's like, I don't know why Kofi thought he had a match. He must have heard me wrong. Motherfucker, we got you on video saying it. Like the whole thing is just so I don't know. They think everyone who watches WWE has Down syndrome and just is gonna miss this shit. But so nothing but John Cena fans. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, it just makes zero sense to me. And Kofi is so over. You don't need to do stuff like this. Like, like, don't fart around with it. Put him in the match. It's overbooked. Like, you already have it booked perfectly. Like, you know, you can play this angle where Daniel Bryan is like, hey, I've been in this position before where the fans want, want me in and they don't like me. But the truth is, you really don't deserve this. You know, he could heal it up. Yeah, he could heal it up. They could put Kofi in the match. And then they could do a thing where it's like, build the anticipation. Be like, they sign the contract and then, you know, Daniel Bryan beats up Kofi. And then Kofi attacks him the next week or causes him to lose a match. And then it's like, then you make, like, Vince comes out and says, if Kofi lays his hands on Daniel Bryan, uh, then Kofi loses his match at WrestleMania, and then Daniel Bryan could tease him for five weeks in a row and fucking send people out to beat him up, and like, you know what I mean? Like really tease it up and put make build the anticipation for when Kofi finally gets his hands on Daniel Bryan, or you know whatever. Yeah, the shit the shit that they're doing with Vince, where he just this like crazy old man who just changes shit all the time. Like it doesn't make any sense to me, but. Anyways, um, Revival won in what I will say 
to be fair, was a very good match from everything I heard. But also, to be fair, I mean, it's fucking the Revival, Gable and Rude, and Ricochet and Alistair Black. I mean, they're all awesome. Yeah, the best wrestlers. So, Revival wins, but this is what's hilarious to me. Revival wins clean. Revival's the bad guy team. Yeah. They win clean, and then Ricochet and Black and Rude and Gable just start beating the shit out of them after the match because they lost. the other way around. Right. So you have the, the babyface teams beating the shit out of the heel team because they're mad that they lost. And everyone's just cheering and like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I think everybody would just cheer no matter what happened. Yeah, that's the thing. So basically everyone does have Down syndrome. So WWE is right. <laughs> um, what else happened here that was weird as shit? Oh, um... Mustafa Ali was added to the championship match for no reason um, to, to kind of trick the fans again, like, because they announced that it, it is a three-way, and then instead of Kofi, Mustafa Ali came out, which really fucks Mustafa Ali over because, <laughs> yeah. like, the crowd wants to see Kofi so bad, and you have this kid come out who's supposed to be a baby face also, and they're, they're not going to be happy about seeing him. No, they're going to be like, oh, sweet, this guy. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. But speaking of fucking stupid, the main event, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. I mean, <laughs> so the finish of this match, Becky, by the way, comes down the ring with her crutches. So she comes down the ring with crutches and then wrestles a match. Yeah, hobbled. I mean, she's had crutches for months now. Yeah. But she can't walk to the ring without crutches, but she, she's going to have a match with Charlotte. And then Charlotte puts her in the figure four, and Rousey runs down and gives, like, the weakest, lamest punch. Yeah, I watched that. I saw the, the highlights. Yeah, I watched that, too. And the weakest, lamest punch, and then stands there, and the referee – like takes forever. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then finally the referee calls for disqualification. Like, like he had no choice in the matter. And then Becky as the favorite, instead of being pissed off that she won in some weak way, it's, it's laughing. Like, this is awesome. my man. Which it's, makes no sense because her fucking, her tight, like that ruined, like, I don't know. You can't win like that. No, if she's supposed to be like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin would wouldn't just be fucking happy with that. No, he would beat it. He would beat everybody's ass. He would have turned around and stunned Ronda Rousey immediately. Right. So it, it was like it was the weirdest angle, and man, Rousey is so terrible. They a couple months ago, like Becky Lynch was so over, which she still is, to be fair, but. The way they've treated you want to talk about overbooked. This angle has been insane. You track it just from Royal Rumble. So at Royal Rumble, Becky loses clean to Oscar. First of all, everyone forgot about that. Loses Becky, clean to Oscar, yeah. So she got a title shot, lost. Comes out later at night, says, I deserve to be in the Rumble. Why? Why do you deserve to be in the Rumble? You just lost the title shot. Yeah. They put her in. She gets hurt during the Rumble. 
perseveres, wins the Royal Rumble, which, you know, the rule is you win the Royal Rumble, you automatically get a title shot. The next night on Raw, we want you to see a doctor. That's all they say. We want you to see a doctor. We think you're hurt. She freaks out and starts hitting everybody for no reason. Trying to be Stone Steve Austin, but a worse version. The next week, hey, you know, you have to see a doctor or we're going to suspend you. Again, she freaks out. Yeah. Doesn't want to see a doctor. Then, the next week, Stephanie and Triple H all of a sudden like, hey, we think you deserve this. Like, change the whole month. But now Vince doesn't like it. Then, they suspend Becky. Then, Rousey says, hey, I want Becky Lynch. If you're not going to put her in the WrestleMania match, I quit, basically. Leaves the title in the ring. Yeah, which was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Good job with the women's title. Yeah. Then, even more hilarious, Stephanie just goes, okay, well, since you quit, we're going to have a title match, Becky versus Charlotte. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of just letting Becky Lynch be in a match like Rousey wants, well, they can't because Becky's suspended. And then you give up the title, and then all of a sudden, Becky's just in a championship match. And then Rousey comes out and goes, hey, you know, this is what I wanted from the beginning. You just gave it to me, so give me my belt back. And Stephanie goes, okay, and gives her a belt back. And now we don't have a championship match, but now this match is for Becky to get into the championship match, which she already earned with the Royal Rumble. I mean, how crazy does it sound? It doesn't make any sense. And then to earn her match, Rousey comes out and causes a disqualification on purpose. Like, it is so overbooked. So overbooked. This is WCW stuff. This is Vince Russo stuff. This is, I don't even know what, this is like, I mean, this is 2015 TNA. I mean, it's literally insane. I feel bad for Becky Lynch because she's Mm -hmm. like the most over person in the company and they're just fucking her over to the point where like, by the time WrestleMania comes along, there's going to be a lot of people who just don't give a shit about this. No, I stopped giving a shit because I don't know what's going on. And let me say this. Ronda Rousey is terrible. Unless she can practice what she's going to do a thousand times for a week long, which, to be fair, for the WrestleMania match, they're going to practice that over and over. They're going to make sure it's good. But she is – Rousey is awful, man. She is awful. But, I mean, that just shows you, like, her being – Honestly, think about it. How many people just pick it up and, and do well? Like, you know, most of these guys are trained for years and years before they're put in the spotlight. Most of these chicks, dudes, they're all trained forever. Rousey being a, a great athlete, one of the best athletes in the, on the planet uh, as far as, you know, MMA goes, winning, doing her stuff, immediately putting her in her spotlight. That just shows how hard it is to actually be a pro wrestler. Like you can't just you can't just put people in the spotlight. Like they, she needed two years of training before she ever even came up to to the main roster, and she didn't get that. So, granted, I'm not gonna shit on her for being awful that much, just because like there's no, I never expected her to be good. I mean, yeah, it takes a long time to learn <laughs> rhythm and and how to work a crowd and stuff like that. So maybe I'm being a little unfair, but well, every, just, time, every time I've watched her, it's been – it looks so 
over rehearsed and I mean f- fake is such a weird word to use when we talk about wrestling but it looks so fake yeah it's it's pretty bad but I mean you know it's hard man like I don't know I, I, I'm gonna try to just give her the benefit of the doubt because anybody who they've ever just pushed up has been terrible anyway you know like without like Goldberg Goldberg needed two more years of training before he could ever do anything and maybe he just wasn't cut out for him anyway but like just a lot of people we got even Ken Shamrock like I know he came in but he still had tons of training before that like they didn't just bring him straight from the UFC to wrestle a match yeah I don't know I mean the the promo video that she sent out on Twitter or whatever where she talked about how wrestling is fake and yeah that was stupid she's gonna really fight these bitches and it's (laughs) i just died laughing when i watched it because okay it is stupid to a have a wrestling show and talk about how fake and stupid wrestlers are but b she's not gonna win at wrestlemania no becky's gonna win (laughs) so when when she when she cuts these promos about how these these wrestling chicks are fake and they can't really fight, but I'm going to really fight. They've pissed me off so much that I'm going to really fight, and they're not going to last two seconds with me. And then Becky Penzi, what are you going to say after that? Yeah, it, it 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 it's not good for anybody. I mean, maybe they're trying to get the angle in of, like, Becky, like, Ronda, you know, put her over so much as, like, Ronda put her over not over as not only as a wrestler but a UFC fighter. So they're making Becky like into this person who can beat UFC fighters, which isn't believable at all. No, they're trying to, I'll tell you what they're trying to do. They're trying to get people, get, go, they're trying to get people, especially people who don't watch or regularly, they're trying to get them to go, oh my God, Ronda Rousey is really pissed off. Yeah. She's really going to fight these people. Like it's going to be a shoot. And then those people are going to tune in to see Ronda Rousey really fight somebody. Yeah, probably. But who who honestly believes that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't even know what I'll do for WrestleMania this year. My God, dude, I was thinking about that too. It's uh, depressing because it's going to be twenty hours long. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. There's not. I will say I I am kind of interested in the Batista Triple H match. Yeah, because Batista's awesome, and the when he came out on Raw and cut that promo, and he was wearing that jacket. <laughs> yeah, I love Batista. Yeah, I mean, I hated Batista when he came back uh, the first time when he was Blue Tista and Batista when he just ran the won the Rumble all of a sudden. Then he was mad, but then all of a sudden he was. Uh, then he became one of the best actors on the planet. So yeah, I love Batista, but I promised I'd never boo Batista again. They're not doing such a bad job with that angle. I mean, it came out of nowhere, so the beginning of it didn't make sense. But ever since then, I think they've done pretty good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's not one match that I really care about. No. So far, I, I mean, don't know I what they're gonna do with Reigns. I mean, I don't know. I guess I assume what's going to happen is Kofi Kofi gets put in the women's title match somehow. Joke, and he wins, which allows him to be 
to fight Daniel Bryan, and then he beats Daniel Bryan, and then maybe Roman Reigns comes out and challenges Kofi to a match, and then Roman Reigns wins both titles off Kofi. Well, Kofi then, won. Kofi won a match for for the title shot, right? Yeah. So he already won a match, and now on SmackDown last night, Vince was like, "I'll give you a title shot, but you have to win this match." Like, bitch, I already won a match. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But whatever, I get. I get that they're doing the whole like Vince is screwing this guy. Whatever. I'm surprised people aren't crying racism. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm sure that'll happen. I mean, whatever, dude. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'd like to see – I hope they do Samoa Joe versus John Cena. I hope they do Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. And then, of course, we need to talk about Raw. Monday Night Raw was in Pittsburgh, the home of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle came out. He had a good match with Apollo Crews. And then he announced that he's retiring officially – and he's going to have his last match of all time at WrestleMania. So that, of course, you know, Kurt Angle, one of the best ever, but um, no one knows, you know, what the possibilities for his last match are going to be. Yeah. I, you know who I actually hope it is, and it'd be incredible? Zack Ryder. <laughs> yeah, woo-woo-woo. Uh no, I'd be it'd be cool if it was Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, you know, Shelton I don't know if you saw it, Shelton Benjamin wrestled on Raw. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean they have history. That's to me it's gotta be somebody he has history with, but Yeah, if you're gonna do a last I mean obviously, you know, Angle can barely drool his way through a conversation now. He looks terrible. <laughs> but all time, like he's one of the greatest. I love the three eyes. Everything he did was awesome. Uh, I know him coming back. He's kind of been, you know, it just shows when you're out of it, you're out of it. Um, but I mean, his T his TNA run was incredible. Yeah, what he I, did in TNA. Yeah, all those. Yeah, I, I just think uh, I would be okay with it being Shelton Benjamin. They have a great match, hug, blah blah blah, uh, and then that's kind of a way of. You know, Shelton Benjamin getting a nice spot on the card, too, you know? Um, yeah. As Angle well, saying thank you to him, you know? If you look at the history, he obviously has history with Shelton. Yeah. And, man, maybe Charlie Haas is alive. You get him involved. Um, and then, you know, he has history with Lesnar, but obviously Lesnar already has a match. Yeah. He has history with Cena. I don't. I don't know if that's where they're gonna go with it. It could be. I don't know. Cena. Cena has no. I've. I haven't heard any plans for him. He has. Uh, you know, him and Samoa Joe had a great rivalry in TNA. Oh yeah, they had phenomenal matches. I don't know if they want to piggyback off of that, but man, Samoa Joe would be awesome. I think Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle would be awesome for his yeah. final match. Or Cena. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I'm no sure idea. it'll be something terrible. I'm sure it'll be something terrible. It'll be, <laughs> Baron, it'll be Baron Corbin. That's what yeah. it's going to be. It'll be Baron Corbin or they'll just put him in the championship match. <laughs> Instead of Kofi? That'd be yeah. hilarious if they just promoted Kofi versus Daniel Bryan for weeks. And then right before the match was about to start, Vince just came out and goes, 
Ah, I don't want Kofi in this. Retirement match, Kurt Angle. <laughs> it's just Kurt Angle versus Daniel Bryan. That'd be so hilarious. <laughs> They'll probably shoot <laughs> on Angle and put him in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or whatever. But can you imagine doing that to Kurt Angle for his retirement match and everyone just booing him because it's not Kofi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'll cheer Kurt Angle. It'll be – it's his last match I'm going to tune in. Yeah, he's one of the best. I mean, he sucked since he came back. I'm not going to lie, but his career was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. So, also this week, Tomasa Champa got some bad news. Um, he's going to be out of action for a long time. He had to have neck surgery on March 7th. Uh, WWE announced that it was an anterior cervical fusion surgery, which I don't know. I mean, I've watched Grey's Anatomy, but I'm not sure what that is. It sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah, um, they're just they're uh, what they're doing is they're fusion, uh, fusing stuff uh, on the interior together. Um, medical expert. <laughs> so um, he's gonna be out for a long time, and it's a real bummer because well, number one, they just moved him up to the main roster. He has steam right now. Number two, he was supposed to have a like a blow off for like a two year feud with. Gargano at uh, TakeOver New York. Which was a phenomenal feud. Yeah, he was actually, he's so he's been hurt for a while, and he's going to tough it out until after WrestleMania weekend. That way he could, you know, do this thing with Gargano. But I guess something happened, and they're like, no, you need the surgery right now. So it's a real bummer, and basically NXT only has one more taping before that TakeOver, and they just have to change everything. So really sucks and also with Ciampa being out maybe six months to a year who knows how he's going to come back from that well and you never know how people come yeah you never know how people come back from those type of like fusion surgeries like it's just he's how old is he oh god I'd have to look it up I mean he's been wrestling forever yeah I was gonna he's got to be older like he's got to be in his mid-30s uh or that would be my guess, but like, I, you know, when you're getting that age, man, like you got to start thinking, is it, you know, depending on his recovery and what happens, like, is it, well, he's 33, 33. So I was exactly right. Um, <laughs> uh, mid thirties. Um, is he one, is he going to be like one fucked up move away from being draws? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, he's he wrestles a really hard style, especially when he's in like Ring of Honor and stuff. Yeah, and, he does. You know, so. it's, gonna, it's gonna fuck your neck up, and um, it's sad because he finally kind of reached. He's been wrestling for a long time. He's reached a certain. I mean, he's if you watch him in NXT, his ring psychology and his heel work is just tremendous. He's great. Yeah, he's but very good. They they moved into the main roster and. He's 5'11", and now he's going to be out for a year. People aren't going to know, like, gone, forgotten kind of thing. So, you know, when he when he's ready to come back eight months from now, Vince is going to look at this 5'11 guy who no one's talked about in months and be like, all right, put him on 205 Live. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It just really sucks for him. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a bummer. 
So that leads to the question, you know, what what's the best strategy to replace that Gargano Champa match? Should they do a tournament? Should they do a? I heard people say that, you know, one of those ladder matches like they had last year for the title with like six people. How, what's the best way to handle that, in your opinion? Um, I mean, it sucks because you're taking a one-on-one match. <clears throat> And you're gonna put like, your well, not, well, not to mention a one-on-one match, but a one-on-one match that's been building for like two years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't just, you just. I think you just got to do a ladder match, or like just a some sort of gimmick match for the championship. And um, I don't know, six, five people, four people, or just whatever. I mean. Because there's a couple people. I don't know who do you see. Who do you see them putting in there? Like if they would do that. Well, I think you keep Gargano in it. So you I have mean, you, have to. you have Gargano. I think Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, you can do. I think the plan right now is to do Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle for that North American title. So they're out. Yeah. Man, they got a lot of people down there. You could put Keith Lee in there. You could put. Um, who else do they, they move like? That? Do they move like Alistair Black? And do they put like Alistair Black and Ricochet in there just to like make it a, a super highlight match? Yeah, that's the thing too, you know, because they move those guys up so quick. I don't know what their plans are for WrestleMania weekend. So I don't either. But either way, they can wrestle. You bring them down to NXT. You put them in that match just so you get a shock and awe. You get a lot of viewers. You have Gargano walk out of the match. And then you you just start over with a brand new feud from there. No, I agree. Have you talked? To, have you talked to Roadkill? Have they contacted him about maybe doing something? I have not. I was supposed to talk to him on Sunday, but uh, he got caught up. He had to build a cabin for a friend, uh, and it took him uh, two days instead of one. Oh, uh, I guess damn. He, yeah. It well, the guy wanted a, a full basement, so he dug a full basement. Um, <laughs> And it's just uh, – it took him two days. But so he, he didn't make it in. But I talked to him briefly. I'm not real sure. Uh, I'm not real sure what his plans are for for that weekend. So, we'll uh, – I'll find out. I'll find out soon. Also in the news this week, we have a – whoa. We cracking beers? Uh, oh, yeah. Cleanse is over. I dropped 30 pounds. Uh, Boom. Just like that, huh? Yeah, fifteen minute cleanse. It's when you do it right, it really works. It really works. Thirty pounds in fifteen minutes. You should write a book. Yeah, I should. No, it's actually one of them uh, Lacroix, Lacroix. Yeah, uh, this one is a uh, uh, what kind is this? A cherry lime, Ooh, that naturally good, essenced sparkling water. Yeah, I like the sparkling waters. I do too. I like you like all them sparkling waters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger announced that he's gonna retire. Um he had a press conference. Liger, who's fifty four years old. I'm reading this from the observer. Liger fifty four said that he helps to wrestle all around the world until the next Tokyo Dome card in January, where he will retire. He will be out during the New Japan Cup. He's going to be wrestling a tour in Ireland. 
He also hoped that he would be able to wrestle at the G1 Supercard next month, Madison Square Garden. Born, here we go, his real name, Kichi Yamamata. He originally wanted to join New Japan's dojo straight out of high school, but he failed to meet their height requirement at the time. He instead traveled to Mexico and trained there until he was asked back to train at the dojo. He made his debut match on March 3rd, 1984 against Shunji Kosuga. (laughs) (laughs) After winning the Young Lion Cup in 1986, he went on excursion and traveled across Europe and Canada, wrestling in England under the name Fuji Yamamata. He also wrestled for a time in Stampede Wrestling, training in the dungeon with the Hart family. Uh, He returned to New Japan in 87. He wrestled under his given name for a couple of years. And then he made his debut as Jushin Thunder Liger on April 24th, 1989 at their annual Tokyo Dome event. In a unique move, uh, his outfit, appearance, and name would evolve over time. In line with the anime his character was based on. by 1990, he evolved into Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, well, I already fucked it up. So he didn't become, <laughs> he didn't become Thunder Liger until 1990. Um, overseas, Liger made his debut for WCW in 1991 and feuded with Brian Pillman for the light heavyweight title. He would appear sporadically for that company throughout the 90s. He made appearances for Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and also made a one-time appearance in NXT, defeating Tyler Breeze. Um after a battle with brain cancer in 1996, he adopted a more technical style of wrestling, even though early on in his career, he's known as a high flyer, really an innovator in that style. Throughout his now nearly 40-year career, which is crazy, Liger has won the IWGP title 11 times, easily setting the record for most title reigns. He's won the junior tag title six times and the best of Super Juniors tournament in 1994 and 2001. He also held the J-Crown, and won the Super J Cup in 95 and 2000. Uh, he has a bunch of titles, which you're going to talk about. He entered the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame in 1999. Uh, he's mostly been on undercards recently, but he did challenge Ishimori for the IWGP Junior title on the anniversary show, which was the last New, New Japan show before the Cup. Yeah. Um, he has, what did you say, 37 titles? I I counted 37 titles across all faction. I mean, he's been in every goddamn promotion ever. Yeah, he's wrestled all over the world. I mean, he debuted in 84, so that's 35 years ago. That's so long. I mean, that's, I'm 36, so he's been wrestling as long as I've been alive, basically. And he's been in everything, all-star wrestling, stampede wrestling, New Japan, fucking, uh, he's been in WWE, NXT, uh, WCW, Ring of Honor, TNA, Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, uh, North American Independent, he's been every, he's done everything. Yeah, he's the definition of a legend. He, um, it's crazy to think about you know, being being a little kid and watching early WCW and watching those Jushin Thunder Liger versus Brian Pillman matches and then growing up and, like, watching Japanese wrestling like I do now and watching him in NXT and Ring of Honor and stuff. And you're like, holy shit, this guy's been wrestling since I've been watching wrestling. Yeah, it's crazy. And he still is – it's not like he, like – he's 54, 
he doesn't just go in there and hobble around. I mean, he can still work really well. Um, it's just crazy. He's a legend. I know he's our our buddy Andy Ball, one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. Yep. Um, if you, I mean, even just like looking at some of his, he's won a million cups. <laughs> he's won a million cups. Like, just just wrestling observer gave him the best gimmick in 1989, best flying wrestler 1989 through 1993, best technical wrestler 1989 through 1992, best wrestling maneuver as a shooting star press 87 88, match of the year 1990 versus. Naoki Sano in Osaka. Uh, he's been the most outstanding wrestler, 90 through 92. Uh, more importantly, Rookie of the Year in 1984 tied with the Z-Man, Tom Zink. Uh, he's been Pro Wrestling Illustrated, ranked him number eight in the PWI 500 in, in 2000, number 12 in 2003. So it's like... In 2003, he was number 12 singles and number 47 of the top 100 tag teams with El Samurai. I mean, it's, his accomplishments are insane. I don't also, know that I've ever read somebody that's more decorated. I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if there's somebody that's more decorated than him. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to think. Maybe Ric Flair, but Ric Flair hasn't wrestled in as many places. Yeah, he's um, Rick Flair's wrestled all over the world. I bet where Rick Rick Flair, I mean, he wrestled back in Puerto Rico and Mexico and he's wrestled in Japan and I don't know. I just don't I don't know. I mean what this is what's crazy to me too. So this said in nineteen eighty nine he, he kinda took on that role of Jushin Thunder Liger, the outfit, the anime character. So since nineteen eighty nine he hasn't changed anything about his character. And he's been able to wrestle like that for 25 or tw- what almost 30 years now. Yeah. Wearing the same outfit, being the same character, and people still go apeshit for him. Yeah, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's a, it's a good reason to go to Japan and go to Wrestle Kingdom this year, that's for sure. Um, yeah, because that'll pretty much be it. Maybe once I get this fraudulent charges back, I'll plan a trip. But yeah, that's funny that you can plan a trip with the money that got stolen from you. That's how much <laughs> you have. Yeah, some people dream about going to Japan, and I'm going to do it with back funds. Yeah, hilarious with money you don't even you know money you're waiting on. Yeah. If at any moment the power might go out here, I've been I just got tons of like weird text messages from the city and. Right now, trees are sideways outside. It's the it's a huge blizzard outside. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that uh, is crazy. It's eighty degrees here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Jushin's under like a man. I mean, honestly, one of the best ever. Um, no one, you're not going to see this ever again. A four, a forty year career doing the same thing, being super over. Um. It's just crazy, man. Congratulations to him. And uh, it'll be inter- interesting to see how he finishes out with the Madison Square Garden show and then the Tokyo Jump show, how, they, how they're going to work that. But uh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest wrestling careers of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, side note, the New Japan Cup 
is going on right now, and they've had some awesome matches so far. So if you have time, be sure to get on New Japan World and check some of that out. Highly recommend Ishii versus Nagata, Abushi versus Nato. I mean, yeah. there's been some killer matches. Some guys, they're really doing well with that tournament. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah. Are you ever going to be able to cancel your New Japan account? No, because, oh, shit. You know what I just realized? What? This this fraudulent charge thing, they canceled my debit card. I got to get a new one. I'm going to have to go in there and <laughs> put my new debit card on there in Japanese. God help us. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, the so I guess I hour, we're, we're fluent in 37 languages, so. We are. I, I actually just, because, uh, you know, I do, well, me and Jamie both are really good at promotion on social media, but I just um, sent out a bunch of, what, this is what I did, and this is a trick for all you people who are trying to start your business. I actually posted on a bunch of, like, wrestling stuff on Instagram getting our name out there but what i did because i'm I'm smarter than everyone else is on the new japan stuff that i posted i translated our messages into japanese and posted in japanese <laughs> that's awesome i mean we're fluent in 70 languages so yeah we should be able to get on any website easily easily type their language yeah all right congrats jushin thunder <laughs> Yep. Okay, so we have a couple more things to talk about. Um, Jamie just lost power in his house. It's a it's a blizzard over there, so we're gonna try to get through this. Yeah. So hopefully the audio keeps up. Um, but we want to talk about another Hall of Fame announcement for WWE's week uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, of course, we we didn't discuss Tori Wilson's career, but it's real simple. She she was really hot and. She did Playboy, so they're putting her in. That, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, she won zero titles in her life, and she brought panties, and yeah, whatever. Good, good for her for having good genetics. But they also announced um, Harlem Heat. Booker T and Stevie Ray will be inducted in the Hall of Fame. Um, Booker T will be a two-time Hall of Famer with, along with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, which is hilarious. Um. Only, only only three people who would be two-time Hall of Famers. Um, Stevie Ray told USA Today that he was speechless. The last thing he was thinking about was the Hall of Fame. Um, he's got fans who hit him up all the time saying Harlem Heat should be in the Hall of Fame, but he never thought it would happen. Uh, Booker T said he was surprised. Uh, his brother never wrestled in WWE, or they <laughs> never did as a tech team. So to be in the Hall of Fame, he couldn't believe it, but... Our career in WCW was awesome. Um, they competed against a lot of great tag teams back in the day. The Nasty Boys, the Steiners, the Road Warriors, Public Enemy. Um, they were 10-time WCW tag team champions. Um, so, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm fine with it, man. WWE's kind of taken on the role where they're you know, they're bringing people in the, the Hall of Fame. It's just something for them to, you know, it's more things for them to do, people to see and blah, blah, blah. But, like, everybody's making a little too big a deal about being upset over it or being mad that Booker T's in twice. Like, 
they're getting inducted as a tag team. It's not like Stevie Ray's getting inducted as a, a singles wrestler when he was television champion, the only other title he ever won. But, like, Harlem Heat was a phenomenal tag team. I mean, Sensational Sherry and um, Colonel Parker, they had a lot of stuff going on in WCW. They they won 10, 10, 10 tag titles. That's you know, a lot of a lot of tag teams haven't done that. Uh, you know, like you can be upset if it was Doug Furness and Phil Lafon, uh, <laughs> or the Highlanders or Crime Time. It's not like we're inducting somebody stupid in. They're 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 Hall of Famers. They deserve it, uh, regardless of what Hall of Fame they're in. And you know, Booker T. I believe he's a Hall of Famer as a singles wrestler, uh, and I believe he was a Hall of Famer as a tag team. So I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you know, they the Hall of Fame's going to get this kind of scrutiny because of of the way they do it, but um to say that Harlem Heat doesn't deserve it isn't really fair. I mean, no. they, they were great. They were awesome. They were 10-time champions. They had a great run in WCW. I mean, they they were awesome. I loved Harlem Heat back in the day. Their their theme music was incredible. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Everything about them was great. Yeah, and so the problem that you come across is there's a lot of great tag teams who aren't in. Like, if you, if you had all the great tag teams in the Hall of Fame and the best team left was Harlem Heat, then no one would say anything. Yeah. But because WWE does everything so scatterbrained and so crazy, then you get people who are going to be pissed off about this. But um, Stevie Ray was not phenomenal on his own, but the tag team Harlem Heat was incredible. It is hilarious that Booker T's joining that elite class with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, but what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't look at it that way. It's like... Well, because the, the WWE Hall of Fame isn't really elite, I guess. Well, right, I it, mean, it could be if they did it right. Like, why don't they just do a, hey, here's a singles wrestler and here's the singles wing, here's the tag team wing. Like, if they induct them into different wings and make it clear that it's like not make a big deal about him being a two-time Hall of Famer, he's just a Hall of Famer as a singles wrestler, and then he's a Hall of Famer as a tag team, which, you know, that, that makes the argument some guys can be Hall of Famer as a stable. Like, you know, you can be in the Hall of Fame as many times as whatever. It does. You're just getting inducted for what you did. I don't know. It's it's yeah. annoying. It's yeah, it's getting a little crazy, but I mean, I, I do think they deserve it because they were an awesome tag team. I wish they would put Sherry in with them, but I think that would make her a two time also. So yeah, it would. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's the WWE Hall of Fame stuff is getting so crazy. It's almost hard to even talk about. Yeah, there's a lot going on with it, but but I don't know. Whatever. Good for Stevie Ray. Uh, he hung out with Big T. They had fanny packs with slapjacks in them. That was badass. Man, I hope they wear fanny packs at the induction ceremony. I sure um, do. I hope so. They were great. So, who do you think inducts them? Uh, shit, I don't know. Um, Colonel Parker? Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah. Colonel Parker actually works in MLW. He He's a manager for a tag team there. Um, shit, I don't know. I don't know either. Booker T's wife. I don't know. Do people like Booker T? 
I don't know. I don't know what they. I mean, people liked him for a long time. I don't think people like Stevie Ray. Yeah, who knows who's going to duck them? But um, man, it's so hard to even. The Hall of Fame is so fucked. It's so hard to even talk about now. But <laughs> um, I don't want to take away from Harlem because they were awesome. So congratulations. Yeah, um, congratulations, Harlem Heat. Before we get into some rest in pieces, um, real quick, just real quick, I want to mention Chris Jericho's doing a second cruise. It's going to be in January, and he's announced that Vicky Guerrero, Diamond Dallas Page, Jake the Snake Roberts, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Sean Waltman are all already going to be on the cruise. So if that's something you were thinking about doing – um, those are some cool people to hang out with on a cruise ship for a weekend, for sure. Easily. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll probably be podcasting live from it. Uh, probably have some of those people's guests. So, Yeah, I'd love to go on the Jericho Cruise. It sounds like a lot of fun. The problem is being stuck with, you know, a thousand people who are love wrestling and heavy metal music. <laughs> Aren't exactly my favorite kind of people, but yeah, um, whatever. All right, so we're going to wrap up today's show it's i think we're running a little long but we had a lot to cover um jamie's gotta make sure he stays alive um, <laughs> i guess segue uh terrible segue but um before we end the show um there were some people that we lost this week in the world of professional wrestling it seems like we're doing this every week yeah they come in threes um but we did lose some very important people as a business. We wanted to talk about them real quick, pay our respects. Um, I'm going to start here with Dick Beyer, uh, probably the single biggest non-Mexican mass wrestler in pro wrestling history. Yep. As a sensational intelligent destroyer, Dr. X passed away at the age of 88. In Japan, in particular, the destroyer was legendary for having beaten Rick Adozon, if that's how you say it, who he's good, <laughs> he was good friends with um, in real life, but they had a huge feud. Um, shortly before Rick Adozon's death, they had a live 61-minute match, and it drew a 64 rating on uh, national or on NTV. At the time, it was the most watched television show ever in Japan. And aside from one night of the 64 Olympics, it was number two for decades. So the biggest thing ever over there. That, yeah. that feud made by our star. Uh, he lived in Japan for six years during the 70s. He had a featured role on a network comedy television show that was at one point was the most popular show in Japan. He also wrestled regularly for All Japan, uh, regular teaming with Giant Baba. He feuded with Abdul the Butcher and Mil Mascaris. Um, his love for Japan was huge. You know, he was such a big star over there. He was a star college athlete at Syracuse University. He was a starter in the 1953 Orange Bowl. He was on the wrestling team. During the 60s, the Destroyer and Ray Stevens were often talked about as the two best in-ring wrestlers of that time. Yeah. Um, Bayer was a journeyman wrestler who traveled all over. He worked in Hawaii, and that's where Classy Freddie Blassie discovered him. And brought him to California to make him a top star in the United States. Um, you know, it, it was. Oh, I did want to read this. This bio is so long because he was such a huge legend. But um, he, they wanted him to wear a mask. He was against the idea. 
later uh, they made him a mask out of a women's girdle. He, he, he would brag that nobody could break his figure four leg lock and nobody could unmask him. His pet line was, since he was wearing a mask made out of a girdle, that you can't take a girdle off someone who doesn't want it taken off. That was his go-to line, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, that is hilarious. Multi-time champion, working with Baba, Anoki, uh, all the big stars over there. Um, he briefly worked in AWA with Fern Gagne. Um, until recent years, every summer he would come to Japan and bring young amateur American wrestlers to learn and compete in Japan. Ric Flair's son, Reed Flair, before he passed away, actually worked with him over there. Uh, obviously before our time in the 60s, and I, I didn't realize until hearing about him this week how huge a star he was, and um, especially in Japan. The, the news coverage in Japan this week treated him like a real star who who passed away. They said it was the biggest coverage since Muhammad Ali died, so uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it is a big deal. A lot, of, a lot of people probably don't know. I mean, people may have heard of just the Destroyer maybe. Um, but he was huge. I mean, you talk about the fuse with Giant Baba. Like, they sold out the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles three times uh, in, in 1963, which was huge for, like, Japan to bring Giant Baba over and get that um, American exposure. Um, and being – when you're huge in Japan, when you're over in Japan, you're over pretty much anywhere. You can go anywhere and wrestle if you're over in Japan. Um, it's, it's a tough loss, but he lived a good life. Uh, the guy, the guy's pretty much done everything. I mean, fought Dick the Bruiser, Pedro Morales. Uh, he's pretty much anyone who's anyone in the sixties, seventies, or became something in the eighties, one way or another had, had to go through the destroyer. Um, so rest in peace. Yeah. He died at 88. I mean, if you make it to 88, that's a good run. Yeah, it's a good run. So, Especially yeah. doing what he did for a living. Obviously a legend in the business, a legend in Japan. So rest in peace. Thanks for the memories, as we always say. Um, also, we lost this week. A lot of people our age will probably remember this guy, Christopher Pallies, is that how you say his last name? Um, Pallies, yeah, sure. Um, best known as, we are terrible with names, or I am. <laughs> um, but he's best known as King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy passed away at the age of 61. Started his career in 1981. Um, he later relocated to Texas, where he adopted the moniker King Kong Bundy. He faced Fritz Von Erich in Fritz's retirement match at Texas Stadium in 1982. He'd go to Mid-South where he adopted a, his famous gimmick of demanding that five count instead of a three count to win. He joined WWE in 85, given a monster push right away. His most memorable match probably in his whole career was against Hulk Hogan in a steel cage at WrestleMania two, the main event. Uh, he also came back to WWE in 1994. He joined Teddy Gossett's million dollar corporation, which was a big stable at the time. He worked Undertaker at WrestleMania. He also had some acting roles. He was in a Richard Pryor movie in 1988, and he also played the brother of Peggy Bundy on Married with Children. Uh, I know you have some other stuff on Bundy. Yeah, uh, Bundy was awesome. I mean, he was part of the – he was in the Heenan family. He was in uh, Million Dollar Inc. If you go back and watch WrestleMania 11, like, 
Million Dollar Incorporated dominated that. I mean, they didn't dominate it wins wise, but they were all over that pay per view. Um, but he was Bundy, uh, like you were talking about going with the Von Erics. Uh, they had him cut his hair because his hair, you know, his long hair, he didn't look as mean. They wanted him to look like this monster. Um, he was trained by Larry Sharp, who, you know, I don't know if you're familiar. I mean, you are, but the people listening, uh, Larry Sharp helped start the Monster Factory with uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rod Rogers. So Bundy was one of the original guys that were trained at the Monster Factory. I mean, there's the Monster Factory has guys like Tony Atlas, Big Show, Bam Bam Bigelow, D'Lo Brown, uh, Chris Candino, the Headbangers. Uh, I know Ben's a big fan of the Headbangers. Uh, Balls Mahoney, the Pitbulls, Raven, Seamus, Tatanka, Virgil, who um, Virgil has the three M's, um, Mansoft, Mind, and Money. <laughs> and, you know, he, tra- he, changed, he trained the Godfather, too. So that's – Bundy came from, like, a guy who knew what the fuck was going on. So Bundy, he was a great heel. He could really use that, like, I'm going to grab a hold of you and crush you. Um, even though he was only 6'4", uh, usually you think you're like giants and monsters would, would get up to, it would be a little taller than that. But at 450 pounds, uh, he definitely made it last, uh, made a big last on the wrestling business. And in WCCW, he wore one of my favorite things when he wore blue jeans with a rope belt. Because they were trying to show how big he was, they had to tie his pants up with a rope, like he couldn't wear a regular belt. Um, you know, AWA, NWA, Mid South, Memphis, WWE, WWF, or whatever. But uh, his five second rule was awesome. If you ever get a chance to, you can find some of that stuff on YouTube. Like instead of getting a three count, he made everyone. He made the ref count to five because he believed that it was unfair. Uh, because nobody could kick out of a three count when he pinned him. You know, once he, he did the, his famous move, the avalanche, uh, crushing him into the turnbuckle, uh, he believed that it was fair to give him a five count. And that's an awesome fucking gimmick in the 80s. Uh, I think that gimmick would be awesome anywhere. Uh, he had tons of, you know, teamed up with Big John Studd, had tons of great matches with the Machines and Andre the Giant. And, uh, just a good career, man. Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, for the WWF fans, he was just around here and there. But to main event against Hogan, he followed up WrestleMania 1. So, that was a good deal. Yeah, he had some really good runs. Um, I mean, facing Fritz Von Erich in Fritz's retirement match, that's huge. Yeah. Um, to, you know, headline WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan. You know, how many people get to say that? Um, Not many. His, I do vividly remember his five count gimmick, and it, it is one of the best gimmicks of all time, especially for a big monster to say that I'm I'm going to beat somebody in five seconds and not three. It's it's amazing. Um, definitely my favorite thing that he's ever done. Um, he's a he's one of those guys who was like he's always around. Growing up, you know you you know you know who King Kong Bundy is right away, and. Uh, he had an awesome, awesome career. So rest in peace. Thank you for the memories. I have a lot of memories of King Kong Bundy. So, yeah, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy. Um, also, another 
loss we had this week. I'm going to mess this name up. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Yasuke Wally Yamaguchi. Um, he's known as Wally. Uh, he was a former WWF manager of Kayentai, but he was also a major figure in the Japanese pro wrestling business. He passed away at age 60. He suffered a serious stroke in 2017 and kind of had medical issues ever since. He grew up as one of the leaders of the Mill Maskers fan club, was a huge fan of Mill Maskers growing up. He ended up being a major player uh, during the heyday of Japanese pro wrestling magazines. He's one of the driving forces behind Gong magazine, which was a huge magazine in the 80s and through the 90s in Japan. Huge circulation at the time. He also had a hand in starting FMW, which was a, a big promotion in Japan in the 90s. Yeah. He's a key figure in the early career of Gato, who's now the booker for New Japan. He yep. helped Gato get yep. started. Um, he, in the 80s, he was very close with the Baba family and All Japan Pro Wrestling. So he worked a lot with Baba. Um, he had a ring at his house that many young wrestlers trained at. So he helped a lot of guys, a lot of young guys in Japan get started. He later worked as a li- liaison for Japan f- through WWF. He brought in the Kaintai group, which was a stable of young guys from M- Michinoku Pro Wrestling. He worked there from 98 to 2001. His most memorable role was the Val Venus gimmick, where Val Venus was sleeping with his storyline wife. And, of course, they came in the room and he said, choppy, choppy, pee, pee. <laughs> uh, which I remember well. It was hilarious. He is the older brother of current WWF announcer Shun Yamaguchi. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will know him as the manager of Kai and Tai, but he's another guy that when you looked at talking about him this week, was huge in Japan, a big figure. He brought those guys over. He worked with a lot of young guys. He worked with Baba. Um, a huge, huge wrestling fan who was able to work in wrestling his whole life. I mean, that's the dream, really. So, uh, rest in peace, Yamaguchi. Thank you for choppy choppy PP. Yeah, he was, yeah, like you said, very important in Japan, very important to the history of Japan, uh, pro wrestling. Uh, he, you know, WWF, WWF has always kind of used guys from Japan, uh, to try to promote, uh, their product cross promote a couple things and and uh, kind tie with Valvina. It just makes me miss Valvina. So I'm going to be honest. I love Val. I love Valvina. Uh, I thought his gimmick was incredible. He was a great wrestler, and his finisher move was called the Money Shot. But um, Choppy Choppy PP was a uh, it was a big deal. He picked the sword up. Valvina screamed. Everything went black. Uh, that's how most of you guys are going to remember him. But. Um, Heart goes out to Japan. They lost two, uh, two, two, two big losses. I mean, it's not like, you know, the loss they took in the forties, but it's two big losses. It's uh, not like the loss they took in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, Yama, yeah, Yamaguchi. Also, I found out by listening about his career this week that he was a very close personal friend of Dave Meltzer and actually helped Meltzer. Early on, you know, back in the day, there wasn't internet. It was kind of hard to get um, news from Japan about pro wrestling. And he was a big help 
to Meltzer to get all that information. And he worked as a liaison through that as well. So he's somebody who, you know, behind the scenes did a lot to, to help wrestling and promote wrestling. And he just loved it. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for people like that. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't know. Rip uh, Yamaguchi. Yeah, rest in peace all these guys, man. It feels like we're just dropping like flies, man, all these wrestling people. It's, we're getting old, I guess. But um, yeah. we're going to wrap up today's show. Jamie's going through hell over there. <laughs> um, we uh, Before we let, let Jamie go and take care of his life, we uh, I do want to say, like I mentioned earlier, man, I'm promoting on Instagram, trying to get the word out there. Yeah, if you guys want to help us out, that'd be awesome. We're on Instagram, Mega Power Hour 2.0. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube. I, I took this week. I updated all our YouTube shows. Finally, are on the page. So if you know somebody who's into YouTube, haven't subscribed to our page. Um, Jamie, you have an update on that Facebook page? Uh, yeah, we were going to update it, but a tree fell in my house a little while ago, so I don't have a. I don't have internet or power, so I can't tell you where we are with that. Um, so we'll uh, we'll be we'll be fine. I'm, you know, thank God that roadkill's taught me so much. Um, I'm a survivor. Um, I'll make it, and I'll be here with you to cast uh, for many years to come. Well, thank God for that. We um. You can listen to our podcast on Anchor.fm, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Music, um, Stitcher. Basically, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we're available. Yep. Uh, please check us out. Please tell your friends. Um, I think that's about it. Yep. That's about it. All right. See you guys. Later.